Well, last week, we kicked off this new series called The Voice, and the, the big idea behind the series is that God is a God that speaks. He, he is a, an alive, communicating God, and he speaks to us. Over 300 times in the scriptures, we are told about the voice of God. He knows us, and he wants us to know his voice. Look at what Jesus said in John 10 in verse 27. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. How many sheep do we have in the room this morning? Go ahead and raise your hand. Any goats? (laughs) All right, don't volunteer anyone. One of the blessings of, of being a child of God is that we would be able to hear his voice, and it is, it's his voice that leads us. He said, they're going to hear my voice, and then they're going to follow me. Do you know this? Human beings were never designed to live independently from God. We were never put on this planet with, with a design in mind that somehow we would live independently from God. From the opening pages of the Bible, God created us to have this loving, communicating relationship with him. Scripture tells us that every day, every day he would come into the Garden of Eden to walk and talk with Adam and Eve. They were and we are created to have this communicating a communicating relationship, if I can talk this morning, with our God. Do you know God gets no pleasure in watching his children stumble through life? He doesn't. He doesn't. God's not like, ah, look at them. So stupid. (laughs) He's not like that. He doesn't get any pleasure just watching us kind of be these spiritual wanderers. No, but God, God wants to talk to us. He wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. He delights in helping us put one foot in front of the other. And one of the ways that he leads us is with his voice. Now, there are some that would say that God doesn't speak personally to us. They don't believe that God gives specific instructions for our lives. But yet those same folks would invite people into a personal relationship with God. And so I find myself scratching my head a little bit and saying, wait a minute, You tell me I can have a personal relationship with God, but then you tell me he doesn't speak personally? How can you have a personal relationship with someone who doesn't speak personally? My grandkids would say, that don't make no sense. (laughs) Right? God is our heavenly father. What kind of father would refuse to speak to his children? If I looked at at Gary and Doris here, they're, they're married, and I say... Hey, hey, Gary, how's your relationship with Doris? And, and Gary said, oh, it's great. We haven't spoken in 10 years. <laughs> no offense, bro. I'm not trying to judge, but I'm going to have to evaluate that relationship a little bit. If you haven't spoken in 10 years, I don't think it's as great as you think it is. No, he's saying, no, that's the secret to a long marriage. Okay, all right, all right, we're learning. We're learning together. We're learning together. If, if I was to say, you know, hey, Bill, how's your son? And, and he goes, oh, we are so close. We are, so, I mean, you know, he and I, we are like this. We haven't spoken in five years. No, we know that in the natural, any healthy relationship is going to involve regular communication. Why then would it be any different between us and our heavenly Father? 
This morning, our Bible text is going to take us to the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the first book of the Bible that really describes how Christians did life after, everybody say after, after Jesus had left the earth. This book has 28 chapters, and the person of the Holy Spirit is mentioned 44 times in those 28 chapters. Last week, we saw how God's voice often speaks to us through his written word, but today we're going to see how God's voice often comes to us through what we might call the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at a few examples. How about this one? Acts chapter 13 and verse 2. It says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. The Holy Spirit spoke. Not some guy. The Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by who? The Holy Spirit. They went down to Seleucia and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Now I want to give you a little context here. This is the early church. And they're trying to figure out how to take this good news that we know, the gospel, to the world. Remember, before Jesus left the earth, he had given them what we call the Great Commission. So they're basically praying and they're asking the Lord, hey, who's supposed to go where? God, we're just not sure how to take this to the ends of the earth. And as they are asking, the Holy Spirit starts speaking and specifically says, send out Barnabas and Saul. Paul. This is not some general instruction. This is the voice of the Holy Spirit giving specific instruction right down to naming two guys in the church. He didn't even just say, hey, just send out two of y'all. Two of y'all, doesn't matter, just go. No, he says, I want, I want those two to go. Listen, in this setting, the Holy Spirit is not a dove. He's not a mist. He's not tongues of fire. He's not a goosebump. Here, he is the voice of God personally guiding them through life. Now, as we continue to walk through the book of Acts, we're going to find that the church encountered a major problem, and the Holy Spirit is going to assist them in resolving it. Aren't you glad this morning that the Holy Spirit can help us with our issues? <laughs> He can. He can get involved in every issue. And, and he sees this issue that they are facing here in the early church. And here's the issue. Some of the Jewish believers were telling the non-Jews that in order to follow Jesus, they would need to be circumcised. Now, in our culture today, most baby boys are circumcised for health reasons, and so that might not be a big deal to us. But in this day, it was not common for a non-Jew to be circumcised. So I just want you to imagine, just for a minute, we're, just, we're in a church service. Can we, can we imagine this a minute? Say yes. It is daylight savings time, isn't it? Oh, we're just, we're about an hour behind. <laughs> I just want you to imagine we're in a church service like this, okay? And, and the worship team has is, 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 is led us in worship, and we've been in the presence of God, and either me or someone else have gotten to the Word of God, and we've given a message, and the Holy Spirit's been speaking. And as we get down to the end of it, say, I, I begin to give the salvation invitation, and I'd say, now today, if you want to follow Jesus, I want you to do a couple of things. I want you to pray this prayer with me. 
I want you to fill out a connection card. It's located in the seat back in front of you. I want you, I want you to put in a black box. I want you to mark the box that, that I want to begin a relationship with God. And then one more step, men, men, if you're a man here today, just one more step. I need you to see Big Lou at the welcome counter to be circumcised. It's an issue, isn't it? <laughs> it's, uh, it's an issue. As you can imagine, a lot of grown men were not excited to join the church. Mary, Mary, I noticed you've been coming for a while, but Mary, how come, how come your husband hasn't been coming to church? Well, pastor, he just says he's not ready. It's, uh, it's a commitment, <laughs> and uh, he's not ready to go all in. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a problem, isn't it? <laughs> So Holy Spirit to the rescue. So when Paul heard about some of the Jewish believers pushing this doctrine of Jesus plus circumcision, there was a big meeting in Jerusalem among the church leaders to resolve it. And I want you to watch how this unfolds. Acts chapter 15, verse 24, says, Since we have heard that some went out from us, having troubled you with the words, unsettling your souls, all the men said amen, that you must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandments. He said, this didn't come from us. It seemed good to us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas who will also report the same things by word of mouth. Now watch this now, verse 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. It seemed good. To the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. And here they are that you abstain from the things offered to idols. That's a good idea. From blood, from things strangled. That's a good idea. And from sexual immorality. That's a real good idea. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Now, this is a big relief to the men in the church. But I want you to notice the language of verse 28. It says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. You know what they're saying? They're saying, hey, we were sitting around having an elders meeting. And we were talking about this issue of circumcision and, and trying to keep the law and all that sort of stuff. And, and, and we asked Paul what he thought and he told us what he thought. And, and we asked Barnabas what, what he thought and he told us. And, and we asked Peter and, and, and James. And, and, and then we asked the Holy Spirit. And when we asked the Holy Spirit, he talked back. Is that not amazing? <laughs> Just as like if they had been sitting around and Jesus was in the flesh in this conversation and Jesus would have talked. Here they are, New Testament believers just like you and I. And they're sitting around and they're seeking the Lord and they're trying to find his wisdom. And just like Paul talked and just like Barnabas talked and just like Peter talked, the Holy Spirit talked to them. And they, they, they left that meeting saying, you know what? It seemed good to all of us and it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. Friends, hear me. Being led by the Spirit, hearing the voice of God was not some strange experience that the early church was afraid of. On the contrary, it was normal for them, and they became dependent upon his leadership. Let's keep going. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, watch this now, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. 
They wanted to preach in a certain area, but as they're, they're seeking and they're praying, the Holy Spirit forbade them. He said, no, don't go there. Verse 7, and they had come to Mysia, and they tried to go to Benthia, I believe is how you say that, but the Spirit, watch this now, did not permit them. They're like, hey, I want to go this way, and the Holy Spirit says, no. Okay, then I want to go over here, and the Holy Spirit says, no. Do you see what an active, communicating relationship they have with the Spirit of God? And I just got to preach here for just a minute, but often the Holy Spirit directs us by telling us where not to go as much as he tells us where to go. Some of us keep making the same mistakes over and over again. All the while, we know the Holy Spirit has said, don't go there. I just want to encourage all of us, including myself, that when the Holy Spirit says, don't go there, don't go there. And we all know where there is. There's a door we shouldn't open. There's an emotional state that we don't need to let ourselves get worked up to. There's a website or a certain television show that we shouldn't go to. There's an Amazon cart we should not go to. Come on, somebody. There's a bottle, there's a pill, there's a buffet, there's an unhealthy relationship. We all know where there is, we all have a there, and we all have a Holy Spirit who says, do not go there. One of the biggest ways he directs our steps is telling us where not to go. Verse 8, so passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after they had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia. Watch this now. Concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. The reason that they're trying to go places, and the Holy Spirit keeps saying, No, don't go there. They try to go over here. The Holy Spirit says, No, don't go there. Is because the Holy Spirit had a specific place for them to go. And he was, he was trying to get them, uh, you know, to, uh, to watch out for the not-tos so they didn't get in the way of the ought-tos. There's a place where you and I ought to be. And sometimes the not-tos just become a distraction from the ought-to. So that, that's why we have to be dependent upon his voice and dependent upon his leading. There's a place that God wants you to be where you will flourish. There's a place where God wants to be where your gifts and your talents and your treasures and your resources can be used best for His glory. And for some of us, we're just trying to uh, knock down doors and bust down walls and we're trying to do what we want in our own agenda. And that's why we're so frustrated. That's why we can reach a level of success and still be empty on the inside of us because we are not designed to live by the systems of this world. You and I, as children of God, are designed to be led by His Spirit. And unless we hear that voice, we'll never be happy. Unless we get to the ought to, the place that he has for us, the thing that he has for us, we'll never be satisfied. God wanted Paul to go to Macedonia, so he forbids him to go to these other places. And then he says, there, son, that's where I want you to go. God is a God that speaks. 
And I want you to know that the same Holy Spirit that was doing life with the early church is alive today, and he wants to do life with us. Some folks say, well, Pastor, God doesn't speak that way anymore. Who said? Who's, who's speaking for God to make that declaration <laughs> that I'm no longer speaking anymore? Do you know, God speaks all the time. You wouldn't be saved today unless you heard the voice of God. It was only the voice of God who spoke to us in our darkness and called us by name and says, Nick, I want you to come out of the kingdom of darkness and I want you to come over here into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of my glorious son. You and I would not be in church this morning unless we had heard the voice of our God calling us. Don't tell me he doesn't speak. He's a loving father. And Jesus says, my sheep, he just didn't say my Moses. He just didn't say my Abraham. He just didn't say my Sarah. He said my sheep, my no-name sheep. How many no-name people we got in the room this morning? My sheep hear my voice. That's God's promise to us. We have the same Holy Spirit that they had. Nobody talked and taught more about the Holy Spirit than Jesus himself. Look at this, John 14, verse 16. Jesus says this, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. God's not unknowable. You know him, for he dwells with you, and he's not just going to be with you, he's going to be in you. John 15, verse 26 But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify. What does that mean? He will speak. The Holy Spirit will speak of me. Verse 27. And you also will bear witness because you've been with me from the beginning. He's saying the Holy Spirit is going to speak and something on the inside of you will say yes. Something. Bear witness to what he speaks. Verse 16, verse 12. I still have many things to say to you today, but you cannot bear them now. Watch this, verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but ever, whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Do you know that... After Jesus rose from the dead, he continued to walk the earth for another 40 days. And then he ascended back to the Father. But he did not leave us, his church, as orphans. He sent God, the Holy Spirit, to live among us, live in us. And it is the Holy Spirit who speaks to us. If we don't understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit, God will always be somewhat distant. He'll always be somewhat unknowable. And we will wander through life instead of being led. Many people are spiritual wanderers. Always looking for God to lead through outward circumstances. Not even realizing that the Spirit of God lives within them. 
Church, if we want to hear and discern his voice, we got to start talking to God about everything. Before you start that discussion with your spouse about a problem in your marriage, you better first be talking to the Holy Spirit. Before you address that uh, issue with your kids, you better be praying first. Before you agree to that business deal, businessman, businesswoman, you better talk to the Holy Spirit and listen for his voice. Before you respond to that text message, pray first. Before you address that coworker or employee, pray first. Before you make that social media post, uh, don't pray, just delete the account. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Too much drama. Let's get real practical. Been talking for a couple of weeks about the voice of God. If we feel like God is talking to us, then how, how do we test that? Like, how do we know? Hey, hey, you ever had a thought? I'm sure you have. And you're like, oh, is that God? Is that me? Is that, is that the devil? Is that my wife? <laughs> right? Like, how, how, how do you know? Well, I'm just going to, again, I'm just going to get real practical with some things that that I've been taught over the years, some things I've observed in my own life that helped me test those leadings. And this one we've talked about over and over again, but we'll hit it quickly. Number one, if you feel like God's talking to you, and you say, how am I going to test this voice or this leading? First of all, does it align with the Bible? Right? Does it line up with the written word of God? Because the spirit of God will never contradict the word of God. So does it line up with Scripture? That's the importance of knowing Scripture. If you don't know Scripture, you're not going to be able to know that. So it's the importance of having a Bible and reading your Bible and regularly getting it on the inside of you. It will help you discern the voice of God. God's voice will never contradict God's Word. How about this one? What fruit will it produce? Here's the funny thing about fruit. It does not grow overnight. It takes some time. And so when we're making decisions and we're trying to figure out, has God called me to do this? Has God called me to do that? What, what we need to do is ask ourselves, what will this produce three months from now? Will this make me more like Christ? You see, often like we, we, think, about, we think about immediate. We don't think about long term, right? You ever, you ever been looking for a new car and you just you go on the lot and something comes over you? Like, like a soundtrack starts playing in the back of your mind. And you just picture yourself in that truck and, and, and how good you're going to look at stoplights, even though we don't have any uh, stop, stop signs. You just, you, just, you just picture how good you're going to look at the Grantsville roundabout. And, uh, and, and you just, just something comes over you and what your buddies are going to think. And when you, when you back into your parking spot, guys always backing in for attention. When you back into your parking spot at work, you just think about just something comes over you. And, and, and it's like the a spirit of stupid hits you. And you just immediately, you got to have that truck. You never think about 36 months into the process, you're still paying a payment. And your balance hasn't gone down. You're like, what? How much, how much, how much interest is on this thing? What? Because we're short-term thinkers, right? So when we're trying to discern the voice of God, we, we got to look long-term. And we say, if we feel like God is directing us to do this or to do that or make that decision, we got to ask ourselves, what kind of 
fruit is this going to produce long term? How will this impact my family? How will this impact my Christian witness? I got to move on. How about this one? Is it confirmed by godly counsel? If you feel like God's talking to you and giving you instruction, go to two or three people. Now, listen, you can always find people to agree with you. Right? So I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about people who will tell you when, when you look bad and your breath stinks. Go to those people and say, hey, I feel like maybe God is speaking to me this. You know me. You know my strengths. You know my weaknesses. What do you think? Godly. Get some good godly counsel. You don't need ten, but you might need two or three. How about this one? If you feel like God's talking to you, does it align with your design? The way that God has gifted you. Does this thing make sense for the way God has gifted you? Pastor, I, I, need, I need an example. Okay, here's an example. If you can't sing, God is not calling you to the worship team. <laughs> June. <laughs> you, you, don't, you know what I'm saying? Like if... if if it doesn't make sense, like God's not calling me to the quilting ministry. It ain't happening, right? If, if it doesn't make sense with the way he's designed me, then it's probably not God. And here's the beauty of knowing your design. If you know what you're not gifted to do, then you are free to pursue the things you are gifted to do. And that's awesome. How about Philippians 4, 7? I think God's leading me. Do I have peace about it? I'm not talking about here. I'm not saying does it make sense in your head. I'm saying in my spirit, do I have peace about this thing? Someone offered me a job one time, and I needed a job. And when you, when you are unemployed and you need a job, you, 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 you don't want to just, you know, you're not quick to say no because you, you're desperate. And, and I thought about it, and I thought, well, yeah, I could make that work, and it's not ideal, but yeah, I could make that work. And every time I thought about saying yes, and I pictured myself showing up to work, I got sick inside. I mean, sick. There was no peace of God. And as much as I, I wanted to say yes, I had to say no. And God provided another way. Do you have peace about it? How about this? What's your motive? What's your motive? Is it self-serving? It's like, hey, God told me I could do this, and, and if I do this, I'll be really rich and famous. <laughs> Is your motive to serve God and to serve others or just to serve yourself? We always want to check our own motives. Here's one that helps me a lot. is does it stick? If, if I feel like God's telling me to do something, does it stick with me? Like a week later, am I, is it still there? Two weeks later, is it still like I can't, I can't shake this thing? Does it pass the time test? Because here's what I've learned, okay? If it's the will of God today, it's the will of God two months from now. And I, I'm not saying we delay obedience, right? Like if you see someone with a flat tire, God tells you to, to stop and help them. You can't say, oh, Lord, I'm going to give this some time. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not saying delay obedience, but I am saying don't rush into things. Because what does the Bible say? Let patience have her perfect work. Does it stick? If God speaks to you, let me tell you, it's not here today and gone tomorrow. It'll stick with you. A couple more. Ask for confirmation, not signs. 
Jesus said it's a wicked and adulterous generation that asks for signs. And, and I, I know so many people that, that just, you know, God, if this is you, let three red Volkswagens come down Main Street in the next 20 minutes. He lives in you. He lives in you. So he, he wants to talk to you, but it's okay that you can say to him, Lord, this is what I feel like you're saying to me. And here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to confirm it. I'm not doubting your word, God, but to be honest with you, sometimes I'm a little leery on my ability to hear. Anyone ever been there? And so here's what I'm asking you, Lord. Would you just confirm this to me? Some of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had is when God confirms his word. It wasn't long ago I went to a, a couple in the church and I asked them, I said, hey, I've been praying about this, thinking about this. We have a need. And I think, I think you all could really step in and help fill this need. Would, would you be willing to step up to some leadership? And as I'm talking, tears begin to roll down the wife's cheek and I, I'm thinking ooh you know what ha what happened here and she said pastor the Lord's already been talking to me about this your words are just a confirmation to what God's already been saying to me your voice is confirming his voice when we're trying to determine what is God saying to us church is perfectly fine to say Lord I just need you to confirm this with me and then finally, evaluate it. Don't be afraid to look back and examine the fruit of your past leadings. At the beginning of the year, we, we handed out hundreds of little just blank notebooks, just journals. And if you got one of those, I encourage you to use it. And, and as you're praying and as you're studying scripture, or you're, maybe it's your small group, if you feel like God's leading you, write those things down because let me tell you, it is so awesome to be able to go back and, and see those patterns. It will help you become uh, familiar with his voice. And you, you can think back and say, you know, when God was telling me to do this, I kind of felt this way. And you'll begin, you'll begin to evaluate some of the fruit that came from those decisions. I did that this week and I look back six years. Six years ago, we had something called Vision Sunday, and some of you were here for that, and, and many of you were not, but it was over at the fairgrounds, April 23rd, 2017. And here's some things I shared that day. I said, so as your pastor, I'll tell you that I do not see every detail in our future, but this is what I and the elders at the time felt like we should do. Believe we should build a new sanctuary at our current location that will seat at least 600 people. We'll adjust our service schedules as we need to. Our current sanctuary will be a valuable part of our facilities, providing multi-purpose space that we desperately need for classrooms and small groups and youth space and weddings and cafes. Our current cafe, some of you are like, we have a cafe? We used to. Our current cafe will need to become more kids' church space. We'll try to do this project for as little as possible, but building nowadays is not cheap. I had no idea something called COVID was coming along. 
I think we can pay cash for the majority of the project, but we'll have to raise somewhere around $500,000. This is going to take a new level of generosity among us, but I believe the Holy Spirit's going to enable us, and I believe we can do this together. So looking back now six years, I think we could confidently say as a church that God was leading us because all those things have come to pass. Now, we did not know the exact plan. We thought we were maybe building an addition, but we ended up building an entire new building, which was even better than we imagined. It also cost way more than we planned. Come on. But God was faithful, and he provided. Here's what I'm saying. As God leads any of us, I don't necessarily think that he always tells us every detail of life. You know, today I did not ask God what shoes I should wear. But I did ask him to direct my steps. And I think that's what, that's what he's telling us when he says, my sheep hear my voice. What he's saying is, sons, daughters, I want you to include me in your life. When you need direction, I want you to ask for my direction. When you need to make a decision, I want you to, I want you to ask for my wisdom. When you're struggling in a relationship and there's a problem in your marriage or with your kids or there's strife in your family, I, I want you to invite me in to every situation. Church, if we want our lives to count, we want them to matter, we want to glorify God with this life that we've been given, you know what we need to say? Speak, Lord. <laughs> Speak to us. Lead us. Guide us. And he's faithful to do that.